Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Alfa Romeo Driver podcast, brought to you by the Alfa Romeo Owners Club. I'm Guy Swarbrick and with me this week I have club chairman and East Midlands section secretary John Griffiths, club manager and white van man Nick Wright, board member, Mito registrar and advocate for the abolition of rear doors, except on his own junior, David Faithful, and newly elected board member, Thames Valley section secretary and GT registrar, Kirsty Hodson. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Guy. I thought it'd be good if we all uh, got together again. It's been a while since we we did a roundtable. And a lot of the members will have seen through social media, Duncan was posting some things uh, live from the event, that we had a bit of a get-together a couple of weekends ago now for the board and all of the section secretaries and all of the model registrars. Can you tell us a little bit about why we did that and and what we did, John? Yeah, so... In, in the past, we've always wanted to get section secretaries and registrars together. Uh, it used to be two-year intervals, and way back we used to have the lot together. Then we split them apart because we thought the um, mechanisms and messages were going to be quite a bit different. But post-pandemic, we thought, why not get the lot together so we can share messages about what the club's doing and to really interact together over you know, getting some actual designs together of how to make things even better it also happened that it was our biannual general meeting, of course. So we thought we'd really boost the numbers for those because anything that has that level of formality in any club, it's very difficult to get people to go to. That's been true of the Alpha Club since I was involved initially 30-odd years ago. But to get 60-plus people together in a room was was really, really good. I mean, at the general meeting itself, that, that was really the start of it all. That's where we had some super messages to give out about membership levels being up. You know, we've gone from 3,700 two years ago when we last had a general meeting to nearly 4,200 now, which is just fantastic. And that's on the back of going through a pandemic, for goodness sake, when, you know, we were making a budget assumptions that we might have as few as 3,000 members by the end of that. But for it to be up at its highest level effectively ever is just remarkable. And I think we always kind of think that, you know, one of the key things that we do that engages members and 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 keeps the membership up is the events, which obviously disappeared for for the best part mm. of the year. But I think it you know bringing the two threads of that weekend together, it emphasises the role that the section secretaries and the model registrars play in in keeping the club together and, and driving it forward. Absolutely, and for for many people, and I think I basically closed the general meeting beyond this that for many people the local section is the club it's where they meet people frequently it's where they do things at a local level um, all kinds of different activities indoor and outdoor during the year and, and it's really critical that people are all on the same page about things and can share best practices ideas and so on so that that was really valuable and again during the the whole lockdown period we know the club had to adapt a lot of the, those meetings went to zoom we had and of course then we had that things like this podcast appeared for entertainment for members the virtual racing all of the various other online activities like the pirelli zoom sessions that we had and then the club just kept pushing ahead with the affinity scheme with alfa romeo that's recently been extended more out, out across Fiat Fit, Commercial, a Bath, uh, as well as Jeep. And and, it, and that momentum's really kept going. It was great to have people in the room to discuss all of that and, and how beneficial it's been, really. And, of course, that culminated at the end of last year with us winning the, the Club of the Year 
with the classic and sports car awards which which was great and it was good to get together to you know enjoy that really and again it's nice to it's nice to have that recognition but i think that's that's amplified by the increase in membership you know it's not just that uh, classic and sports car magazine think we're the best club you know the, we're, we're attracting mm. members to to back that up absolutely and uh and online too, we surged up to nearly 12,000 people on the Facebook group, for example. But obviously, they're not all paying members, but an awful lot are interested in the club, which is an important thing and what we do. And it's been better this year, of course, with a bit of more of a return to normality. And we were discussing things during the weekend, like events at a national level and local level and sharing some best practice. I mean, just look just look back to the summer. We've had some, some of the best events I can remember in ages, uh, Midlands Italian Car Day, Southwest Alpha Day, the Autumn Alpha Day event in Yorkshire were all really good fun. And then, of course, National Alpha Day was enormous. I think, as we said on one of these podcasts before, that event in June was really like the cork coming off the bottle. And to have 1,800 people together was just brilliant. And again, local level, there were loads of interesting things shared between registrars and, and section secretaries about the things that they they found successful in the past for members to enjoy and some really good thought and ideas for what new things people can try out too. Just coming back to the member numbers, you mentioned new members joining Guy, but it's also we're retaining existing members a lot more than we have been in the past. I think our churn's down to 13% or something. And we believe Car club average is 2025, something like that. So that's, that's all helps, of course. Yeah, absolutely. It does. And, and I think one thing that came out with having the registrars there, of course, we've got the various model registers. Is it 29 now, I think, David? It's around that figure anyway. And, of course, they can be very different. The, the, the 1900 model register is very different to the Mito register or the Julieta or the new Julia register. But it, it was just it's just showing that we're putting as much effort across the piece with every model. It's not just a focus on on a single car that this club's about. We we embrace the lot and we try and do that across everything from the uh, shows that we have, the way that we arrange the cars together across across, uh, all of the Facebook offerings, for example, and where people can link up. So, Nick, I know um, the the reality is that pretty much everything everything that happens in this club passes across your desk at one point or another what was your perspective in terms of the the general meeting and and the highlights and i guess if there are any the low lights of the last couple of years yeah well, the general meeting went very well as we as they normally do as john says i don't gain a lot of interest from members generally which i, I take it to be a good a good thing if they're, they're not concerned about how the club being run if they're quite happy with the management team and the board um, and the manager of course so yeah, that went well. John Timms, our finance director, gave a very good, encouraging pricey uh, of the financial situation. How strong, strongly the club is faced going forwards. And as John Griffiths just said, we came out of the whole COVID thing very, very strongly with the membership and therefore financial. Of course, we also had presentations at the general meeting from yourself, of course, regarding the magazine. And uh, Grant gave us one regarding the archive. How we're going to try and develop that into others. Now we've got the magazines all on there. The members of the online archive. We're now trying to develop that to get other things on there. Looking for input for that over the week, our weekend. So, so that all went very well. Low points. I'm struggling to think of any low points, to be honest with you. <laughs> Obviously, the, the COVID thing, I mean, that, that hit a lot of people very hard, over, you know, inside the club, outside the club. So I'm, I'm pleased we're through that now. 
we can uh, try and get some normality back for everybody, hopefully moving into the new year. Talking of through COVID, Kirsty, uh, I know you've just recovered in the, the last couple of days. You were in the the unique position, I think, at that meeting in that I believe you were the only person who was there who was, at least by the end of the weekend, uh, a board member and a section secretary and a model registrar. Um, so how did you find the weekend? had a bigger badge than anyone else (laughs) (laughs) no it was it was wonderful actually because it was my first board meeting first time meeting many members of the board and you know we've already started identifying where I can be of value to the club around events maybe motorsport those kind of areas and it was really interesting to hear how the club is run behind the scenes it's um, very much looking forward to um spending more time on the board and getting you know to do more things for the club. For me, the weekend was was really great because I, as a re- relatively new section secretary and model registrar, I hadn't met most of the others. This is my first weekend away with these guys. So putting the faces to the names and being able to, you know, collaborate with them and come up with new ideas, things like you know, engagement with the members in the section is, is quite hard. It's quite difficult, especially during the pandemic. And I've got loads of ideas that I can take back and I've got some ideas. Uh, and, and that was that was the spirit of the weekend for me, really, was was being able to, to talk to each other, really, and, and collaborate. I think often when people look at the the agendas and the reports on things like this, it, it kind of looks like the board was sat up at the front of room you know, talk, talking at people, but it, it really was more about sharing ideas between section secretaries and model registrars, wasn't it? It absolutely was. We spent a lot of time talking. We've made a great big list of things that we want to think about, try, share. So um, one of the highlights for me as well was talking about the new website. It's coming up. Very, very excited about the new website. Yeah, we'll probably get David to um, to, to give some highlights on that in, in a second. Yeah. Um, actually, David... From the from the other side, if you like, as the the director responsible for the development of of registers, what were some of the the highlights of the the weekend for you? Well, I think well, firstly we've we've skipped over what was in the car park. So, <laughs> so whenever we all get together, it's always a big highlight for me <clears throat> when you see all of our cars all in the hotel car park. So there were several Julias, Juliettas, Mitos, Brera, one five six station wagon. There's Grant's old um, Alfetta GTV. There was a Sud 159. And I think I'm right in saying Kirsty turned up in a AC, which was both the most expensive car in a car park and drew the most attention, not, not just because Kirsty was in it, of course. Um, I think for me as, a, as both a registrar and someone on the board responsible for the registers, what there's a real difference between sections and registers and it's around geography. Sections are geographically relatively yeah. close to the members, and so getting them together isn't too tremendously difficult. Registers don't have that advantage. So as registrars, we often tend to sit in our little rooms at home and nerd it up about our specific <laughs> model that we love, and we capture data and we and we do a bit of Facebook and what have you. I think for me it was the first time where we'd all got together and registrars were talking about, oh, we could actually all get together. We could have a two or three model register gathering somewhere. We could actually 
have three or four gatherings for a register in three or four different spots around the UK. There's a lot more we can do online with live streaming on Facebook or with Zoom meetings of model owners and so on. So for me, it was it was almost the coming together of all of those different ideas that, that Kirsty's um, said about that can apply to registers despite the geographical problems. And I, th- I felt like there was, it wasn't quite a penny drop moment, but there was certainly some opening of eyes and, and more debate and thinking about what's the art of the possible with a register. We've always moaned that we can't really get our members together. That's the section's job. And, I, and I'm not sure that's the case anymore. I think one of the things that we learned through COVID is geography doesn't matter. You just all jump online. And there's no question in my mind that a register could get 20 or 30 model owners all on their mobile devices, showing everybody else their cars, walking through their garage and, and sharing info on their specific cars. So I don't know. I think for me, although the you know the main purpose of it wasn't actually how can registrars be better at getting people in the same physical or virtual space. That was a thing that came out of it for me. And I really enjoyed that. I can see, uh, you know, quite a few innovative and different things coming up in the coming years for a registrar. Um, and as, as Kirsty said, I think one of the highlights for a lot of people was the, the demo of the new website. Quite hard to describe what a new website's going to be like on, uh, on, on a podcast, <laughs> but can you give the, the broader membership a, an idea of what's coming and when? Yeah. So, I mean, look, our website isn't too bad. We've, we've, gone to an awful lot of effort in recent years to ensure that it's updated with content, that we have videos and our our photo galleries are all pretty well managed on there now. We also have all the press photo galleries. We integrate with social media. We've got our digital map of services. Obviously, we have podcasts and, and, and the virtual racing, which is all accessible via the website. So it's not horrific. The problem with the website is for for all those people who gathered together, all the section uh, section secretaries, registrars, and other members, it's just hard to put content on there. And it's hard to add cool and innovative and new content like videos and albums and and all the stuff that, uh, you know, we've we've tried to feature in the e-newsletters and so on that that other, other organizations are just able to do. It's just much, much harder for us. So for our sections and for our registers, it is just a tough old job for them to update content on the website. And so the new website is it's built, designed and built for the ground up to be really simple for us to add, share different types of new content. It's very much built around a sort of a simple user interface underpinned by WordPress where our uh, club officials can just drag and drop content onto the website, add new news items, create galleries and albums, add video content and so on. So the big advantage really should be our ability across our, our army of volunteers to be, to be able to add innovative and new different types of content. You know, the, the, the real aim is to make that simple and fast so that we can, you know, quickly add content and, and quickly, you know, share content with all of our members. The other, the other key thing with the website is the integration with our membership database. So at the moment, the only bit of integration with our database really is through the forum and we want to expand that. You know, we we want our members to be able to log in and see membership content, to be able to download interesting content, and and we want to be able to restrict 
some of our content, not all of it for sure, but some of it just to members and have members only areas. We're also looking at uh, cool new features where each member can have their own page. They can upload their own content. They can have a page for each of their cars and they can upload their own restoration stories and their own photos and so on. So that'll be really good. And in terms of that sort of content, the website will enable us to create opportunities to bring together our Alfa Romeo driver magazine content and and the stuff that ends up on the cutting room floor that can go onto our website. It'll just be a much more streamlined member experience. They'll have the magazine, they'll have the website, they'll have a lot more content and they'll be able to log in and see additional content that, you know, is, is um, provided as part of the membership. Right. I think, I think a key thing here is consistency and of look and feel as well, which we, we don't have in every area at the moment. That'll really help. I was going on earlier about it being sections a bit like being clubs within a club, but we, we want that consistency and people realizing they are part of a big thing. And that was actually a big thing about the whole weekend that it got everybody together and feeling that they are a big thing and they're not being dictated to and that they can contribute. And but giving them the, you know, a, a powerful new uh, web system will really help to get that online content up there consistently. Yeah, and not only that, it looks great to me too. It does look cool. I mean, as, a, as a member, the um, the thing I'm most looking forward to about the new website is is actually Section News. I mean, as the, the magazine editor, we have an area of the mm. magazine called Section News, which only comes out every two months and has a, a deadline almost a month ahead of that. So the last thing is, is it, it is, is news. And there really hasn't been an easy way for section secretaries, other than email or, or their own e-newsletters, to get that that news out there. And I think one of the things we've talked about in the past is, you know, encouraging people not just to to go to their own section meetings, but to go to adjacent sections or you know have a day out and go to a section a little bit further afield. And without that kind of mechanism to find out what's on in other sections, if you're not receiving that section's emails or newsletters. But I think there's always been a bit of a gap there that hopefully the section secretaries will be able to close themselves uh, once the new yeah. ups- website's up and running. And, and once they're shown how easy it is, then that hopefully will encourage people to publish that content more quickly, keep keep everything bang up to date and so on and so on. That, that said, you know, a number are very good at it and to give them the tools to make it even better was an important thing to show. I suspect Kirsty's got a big pile of stuff waiting to go on there as soon as uh, a virtual <laughs> pile of stuff. Absolutely. I mean, I have avoided adding content to the previous website, I will be honest. But um, you know, I am very much looking forward. I'm really going to engage with the new website and add lots of stuff. It'll be as easy to use that as it will be to put content on Facebook, I think. And that's that's important. Yeah. Yeah, the, de- the demo was was really good to show to everybody, I must say. And the, this whole concept of drag and drop is brilliant. There's a couple of other things we wanted to talk about uh, on the podcast this week. Before we do that, any any other thoughts or observations on, on the weekend before we move on? Obviously, there was a formal agenda, but it was also a, an opportunity just to, to get together and talk to people and, and socialise with other people in the club. It certainly was. And one of the best bits was after the formalities is is naturally going into the bar and before having dinner. Uh, and I was able to interact with people from all over the place because not everybody's been a member for ages. 
For example, we've got Greg Solman from Cornwall, who's just become the section secretary way down there. And although I'd interacted with him on text, uh, it was great to have an answer to him and, and to capture his enthusiasm one-to-one. The two guys running the Alfreston Register, who I've not I've not met before, Gary and Ian, it was it was brilliant just to have a natter over a pint and and to just see how enthused they are about the whole thing. So all and this was going on for hours after the event, and I think was probably one of the most powerful things about bringing everyone together. And it, it was really, really happy, you know, great to see. I, I've known Ian for a long time. When I had a an Alfreston sprint, I used to regularly about once a month I'd go and empty the entire contents of my bank account into into Justin's <laughs> bank account just to to keep it on the road. But and and Greg, for those of you who haven't had a chance to meet him yet, has agreed to be on a podcast uh, over the, the next couple of months. We've got quite a good lineup that I'll I'll talk about at the end of this this episode. But Greg's definitely one that we're gonna we're gonna talk to later on. Me too, owner. That's where he gets uh, yes. his uh, positive attitude from. Yes. <laughs> Good man. Okay, so th- that was that was that weekend. Next weekend is the classic motor show at the NEC, and uh, as usual, we've got we've got quite a presence, John. We have, yeah. Um, it's going to be, uh, I feel, one of the best we've done in some time. Assuming everybody arrives okay, and there's no challenges along the way, we don't have to whistle up all the reserve machines. Once again, we're in Hall One, the premium premium hall, as it's as it's called, right near the main entrance. Uh, next to the sponsors stand Lancaster Insurance and for for a th- we like to have a theme sometimes they get a little bit stretched but it was really good with the new Julia GTA and GTAM coming out uh, for this year it kind of naturally lent itself to have GTA uh, as as the the core theme this time the last time we did that was in 2002 when the 156 GTA came out and uh, I remember going along with my son who was very young then and forcing him to polish the cars. That was great. <laughs> but for this one, we've we've got some tremendous cars lined up. So I'll whistle through them. I think we had uh, we said we'd uh, we, we'd like to kind of keep some of this as, so it's a little bit of a surprise. But for the podcast, we thought we, we'd let on. So we, we've got a large stand, but coping with COVID at the show, we need to leave quite a good bit of space between each car on the stand. So we've got eight in a nice star arrangement on our square stand with uh, the club's core point at the centre, loads of flags and bunting, you name it. But working from oldest to new, uh, we've got Keith Roberts's fantastic 1750 Zagato uh, Grand Sport 6C from 1932 that actually was once owned by uh, Nick Mason uh, in the 1970s and 80s. It's a really well-known car in in those classic circles, but and of course it's it's it pushes the GTA element a bit because it was well before that nomenclature was ever used. But it's certainly a, a lightweight and powerful machine. For younger listeners, um, Nick Mason's obviously famous for for owning a Ferrari two hundred and fifty GTO with the registration two hundred and fifty GTO, and I, I believe he may yeah. have played drums in a band at some point as well. He might have done, <laughs> yeah, he might have done. <laughs> then, of course, uh, we've got three fabulous cars from the data from the 1960s when the GTA name properly came out. So we've got a road-going machine belonging to Richard Norris, a, a GTA Stradale. He, he had a car on our stand, I think it was 2013, but uh, that was the one we initially looked at. But apparently he's got a new one that's even better. So looking forward to seeing that beast. We've got racing driver extraordinaire Ros Shaw bringing her wide-bodied GTA, GTAM along. Uh, that's uh, resplendent in its 
Jägermeister colour scheme. And then the one of the wonderful Alphaholics GTA Rs is coming, the which is uh, famous from a small screen with Chris Harris recently weighing it around various places on Top Gear. Then we're into the the 2000s GTAs. Got the GTA Sprint Racer belonging to Mike Stark. That's a super light sprinter with a 3.8 expanded engine. That's really terrific to look at. And that was actually built from the shell of one of the original UK press cars. I'm just going to look back into my archive to see if it wasn't one of the, the press car we had back on the stand in 2002. <laughs> I must do that. And I have to find out the reg number. That's the one I think that Ed McDonough wrote about in the latest issue as is the, the outright Alfa Romeo hill climb record holder for the UK. Yeah, that's the, that's the one. We've had it on the stand um, about four five five years ago, but he's made a few modifications to it since then and a bit of a repaint too. So it'd be lovely to see that one. We've then got Salvatore Vitali's magnificent 156 GTA in black, one of the nicest in the country. And Clive Baker, who's the Somerset section secretary, He's got a, a very standard 147 GTA, uh, which was actually a Malaysian market model with Sally Speed gearbox. But it's nice and original, doesn't have a load of uh, modifications on it. We've had a couple of wonderful cars on the stand in the past from Paul Curry and Ben Cook, which were both very modified 147 GTAs. So we thought we'd have a standard one. And then after much effort, We've managed to get hold of Alpha UK, who are going to bring along a GTA stroke GTAM. We're not 100% certain which one yet, but we are promised it. So that's really coming right up to date. And I think as I started the show kind of thing, we do try and appeal to everything. And here you go, spreading from 1932 to 2021 with our cars at the classic show. So hopefully something for everybody. I was lucky enough to have uh, a GTAM for for a day last week. But did you give it back? That's the question. Unfortunately, <laughs> I did. Yes. Yeah. Well, still smiling. So. Little, little still oh, smiling. It's it it just brilliant. Yeah, it's a bit bit of a challenge on um, on some of the roads. So uh, the PR manager suggested a a route around Newbury and Wantage, which was yeah. it was actually really nice photographically, not too demanding in terms of, of driving roads, but mm-hmm. but really narrow. And of course sitting on the on the left hand side of the car, you kind oh, of gosh, and yeah. it's a big wide car. Yeah. So you you're you're trying to position the car so that you're not hitting the gutter or the traffic <laughs> coming the other way. So it was, and we did we did a little bit of uh, video work which you'll see on YouTube at, at some point in the next few weeks. Oh, and we had a we had a camera mounted on the offside rear door looking at the wheels. So when the, the wheels <laughs> turn around the corner, of course that made it even wider. <laughs> oh god. So there's quite a lot of bits on that video where you suddenly see the car veer over as a car comes in the opposite direction. And I'm kind of looking over to check that I'm not actually in the hedge. Um, it was great fun. It's only hundred and sixty thousand pounds. I don't know what you're worrying about. It's only hundred fifty-five thousand at the moment with the exchange rate. It's an absolute bargain. Yeah. And that was the you yeah. had the GTA M GTA M. Yes. So that so I hate to say it, but they genuinely were pointless rear doors with that one. Then they are. <laughs> they, they, they are. Well, it, it's it's much easier to get your helmet out of the um, the elasticated <laughs> helmet restraint. Um, cubby hole in, in, the, in the rear the by door, opening the back door. Um, yeah, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't get the scaffold poles in the back with the no doors, would you? <laughs> my, my son was with us doing some of the, the driving duties for the, the camera car um, and he opened the rear door and said, 
it's a bit cheap that there's no door handles on the on the inside of the rear door. I said, well, I'm not sure who would use them. <laughs> Probably got his eyes on it. <laughs> for those, those of you who haven't, um, haven't seen it, m- most of the rear doors is actually plastic as well. There's a plastic outer skin, plastic window, um, and then a, a very luxurious Alcantara inner door skin on it. But um, it makes a huh? actually a strangely satisfying clunk when you close it, despite the fact that it doesn't weigh anything and it's all plastic. Blimey, I didn't. I didn't realise that. I thought they left the the aluminium skin on it, but oh wow! No, well, it might be an aluminium frame, but it's got a a plastic yeah, plastic outer, in the middle, outer skin, yeah. and plastic windows, oh. and plastic rear can't windscreen, wait. and cannot wait to see it up close. That'd be fantastic. Um, the green one turned up at Brooklyn, so you ought to tell you a day. There's also yeah. a lot of m- machinery down there anyway, but as that drove in, everybody stopped and was like, "Wow!" You saw what they were doing and watched it drive past. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm looking forward to the reaction at the, at the show as well because it'll be the first indoor show proper that that car's done. And I'm, I'm remembering back to 2008 at the NEC when our stand was in one of the halls that adjoined the supercar show. I think one ticket got you into both. And we had a red 8C competizione. And as people came out of the supercar show, it was flooded. <laughs> I've never seen. So, okay, it's a classic car show, and we had some TZ, TZ2 on the stand, but my gosh, we were fighting people off the thing. It was tremendous. And then you got people actually drawn to the club. I've got a 156. People were going, but, oh, you know, it's, it's not the club for those, is it? Yes, it is. Come over here. You know, it, was, it was brilliant fun. It's the first indoor show this year. The first um, big indoor show that that car could have been at, yeah. So... Yeah, it should be really, really good. Um, the, the NEC Classic, uh, although there are a few, let's call it restrictions around COVID access, all very sensible. I think ticket sales are going extremely well, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if hundred thousand turn up again over the three days of opening. Not forgetting that as a club member, you can get four pounds off the admission if you go to the club forum. And um, the other thing it's worth mentioning about our, our presence on the stand, all the. All the usual suspects will be there. Nick will be there. I'll be on there on and off uh, over the Friday and Saturday if you can't avoid me. But um, we'll also have James Browning there on Friday and Saturday. So James is the the Julia GTA brand ambassador for Alfa Romeo. So if you have got any questions about GTA, GTAM or, or about the current Alfa range in general, James will be around on the stand for most of Friday and Saturday. Uh, so we, we've talked a bit about what's happening during the day on on our stand and, and around the show at the NEC. But there's a big event on Friday evening as well, isn't there, David? Well, yeah. And we mentioned earlier about us being awarded the Club of the Year in 2020. That was done virtually, but normally they do it as part of the NEC Classic Motor Show. And that's happening on the Friday evening, I think. So Classic and Sports Car Magazines are hosting their Club Awards night. We haven't been put forward for the club of the year it felt a bit awkward that they'd they'd obviously want to give it to us a second year running but we'd save them that embarrassment so (laughs) we've been put forward for digital media uh, which covers everything that we're doing uh, in non-print form in terms of the website e-newsletters videos galleries podcasts virtual racing and so forth we're also put forward for the best magazine guy uh, which I'm sure we'll have a very good shot at, and also the category of best event for National Alpha Day, our record-breaking event. So, look, we're in three categories. I don't know if we'll have a chance, given that we've, we'll have be handing back the Club of the Year mantle. I don't know if that will affect our chance in other areas, but it should be a good night in any event, and it'll be nice to see the other clubs there as well. 
Okay, I think that's probably it about the NEC. Really looking forward to that next next weekend. The last thing we're going to talk about was our friends at Pirelli in Burton, Nick, are, are going to do another event for club members. Yeah, I guess they kicked this off over the COVID lockdown period. They did a few for us, live virtual presentation from their, their flagship workshop. And they've offered to do another one for us on the 24th of November, which again, all the members can join there's a virtual event and uh, the details are on the, the forum for that. And there's a special treat this time that we've got 20 tickets for members to go, local members to go and watch it live. And they'll be laying on sandwiches and drinks and things beforehand. Details of how to get lo- apply for those tickets are also on the forum. So I believe the presentation this time is on winter and electric vehicle tyres and there'll also be a Q&A session at the end of it for them. I wonder what the lead, t- lead time for a Tonale tyre is. Yeah, <laughs> longer than the car. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly not. <laughs> no, it should be really good. People from our uh, East Midlands section went there in early 2019, had the, the physical tour. Sadly, I was I was absolutely full of a bug, so I didn't get to go myself. But apparently uh, the equipment they've got is second to none, and there's some fascinating stuff to see up close. So I'm sure they'll bring that out on video as well. I think they're using Vimeo for that, which is really quite a powerful tool with their 4k cameras and all that so should be really good yeah the the, the winter tires one i thought was really good they got a great demo of that so be good fun i i was really impressed with their um this isn't probably what they call it i'm sure they've got a more advanced name for it what i call their tire hotel so if you've got winter and summer tires they'll just they'll store them at the relevant times of year and they'll swap them over for you sort of thing they've got this whole tire hotel thing going yeah. on for your winter it's all free yeah Brilliant. We've got we've got at least two guys in our section use that, and they put their Sotter Zeros on for winter, and they're all they're all tucked away nicely. They're really really good service, and they, they do the flip over for free. Really really good. And I, I know this is a an overused phrase, but I think this hopefully this is a, a good example of of the new normal for these kind of events. So they they did the face to face one, then they did the Zoom ones, and and now they're doing a a combo of the two. So hopefully we'll see more people doing things where if you're, if you're able to go and you can get there physically, you get the full experience. But if you aren't, you still don't miss out. Yeah, we're thinking of doing that with our East Midlands section in in December. We've got a speaker night, so we might uh, set up with a Zoom session running from somebody's uh, mobile phone. We saw quite a bit of that last year over the lockdown with the um, section Zooms that we put on. There were several people joined for out, well outside of those sections. I'm just happy mm. to come along, see people on screen, introduce themselves. As, a, as as we've had as a theme through this this podcast, it seems to be the future. I think yeah. as far as away as um, our Rock USA, I believe on one of the section Zoom meetings. Indeed, yeah, yeah, should be good. Brilliant. I think that's probably all we've got time for in this episode. Thank you all for for joining. We'll get together again probably uh, probably early in the new year. I would have thought, given the um, the, yeah. the other episodes that we've got lined up, but. Uh, Hopefully we can talk about those awards, but that's yeah. Well, we, yeah, we may we may sneak one in if we win. So we will miss it out. <laughs> it, it'll be all over our uh, social media if it happens at that time. So it's been a been a pleasure as always. I look forward to seeing you again on the next round table. Thank you, everyone. As I mentioned earlier, in our next episode, I'll be talking to James Browning, the GTA and GTAM brand ambassador for Alfa Romeo. Which I'm really looking forward to. 
As usual, episode 45 will be available from the club's website, Podcast Addict, Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, and everywhere else good podcasts are found from 1.30pm on Sunday the 21st of November. Until then, stay safe.